0: Welcome to the Situation Update for Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. This is Mike Adams, your host today, and we have a new sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Pfizer. Not, okay, not really. Not, I'm kidding. But everything else in the world is brought to you by Pfizer. Check out this video that's been going viral across the internet of how everything's brought to you by Pfizer.
1: Good Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by
0: So there you go. Everything in the media is brought to you by Pfizer. And you wonder, you wonder why the media is all in for Pfizer, pushing vaccines, pushing pharmaceuticals, attacking vitamin D and natural supplements. Well, you just got your answer right there. Of course, as you know, I would never allow this podcast to be sponsored by Pfizer. In fact, we have a ban on Big Pharma. They're not allowed to advertise on Brighton or natural news or any of this. No, uh, rather today, this message is brought to you by Carl's Jr. (laughs) Uh, Of course, that's a reference to idiocracy for those, for those of you who are idiocracy fans. Yes, of course. Okay. All right. uh, In terms of real news though, today, the topic for this podcast is that America is nine meals from anarchy and we're entering a very dark time. And people start starting to flip out because of the empty shelves and some other things we're going to talk about here. And I'm I'm going to really attempt to not turn this into a doomsday podcast today. But we are nine meals away from anarchy. And, and you know what that saying means, that in, in any civilized nation, if the population goes hungry for about three days, you know, three days and nights, and they miss nine meals, uh, all hell breaks loose it seems like that moment is not that far away for America right now and perhaps some other nations around the world. So we're going to get to that topic and, and then the insanity from the White House and Jen Psaki with her let them eat cake moment that happened yesterday. Just unbelievable. But let me give you some breaking news items that, that I think are important. Southwest Airlines has now backed down from their plan to, uh, to fire unvaccinated staff. By early December, and this is because, well, there was such a backlash. So originally, Southwest had planned to, you know, abide by the fake Biden mandate, which is not even a real thing. It's just Biden issuing a press release and saying, "You you must follow my mandates." It really, why don't you pass a law first, you moron, you you empty-headed, brain-dead, prion-consumed shell of a once human being. Uh, you could say mandate all day long. Doesn't make, doesn't mean anybody's got to follow it. It's not even a rule. It's not a published rule anywhere. It's just all these CEOs that we're going along with. Oh, we got to follow the Biden mandate. Well then the pilots started protesting and calling in sick. Uh Uh-huh. The great Southwest sick out, it seems has achieved its desired strategic goal which was to send a message to the brain-dead bigwigs running Southwest Airlines. Oh, trust me, those guys, they didn't make this decision out of the goodness of their hearts or out of any special adherence to morality or ethics or human rights or freedom or anything. No, 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 no. What happened is the pilots kept walking out, and the pilots sent a little message to what's the CEO's name, Mr. Kelly, I think. Hey, Mr. Kelly, unless you back down on these vaccine mandates, your airline's never going to fly again. It will be grounded. And that doesn't make for a very good airline. You know, I mean, driving airplanes on the tarmac, taxiing back and forth on the highways, you know, doesn't really work. You got to have pilots and the pilots walked out. So I think Mr. Kelly got the message and he has now backed down. And there was another airline, was it Delta, that also said they're not going to fire people for being unvaccinated. The the question remains then, how are these CEOs going to claim to comply with Biden's fake mandate? Because, of course, all these corporations have sold out to globalism and depopulation and big pharma and government tyranny and transgenderism and all that crap. So how are they going to not fire the pilots when the deadline kicks in here in the next few weeks? And yet, say, how are they not going to fire the pilots and yet abide by Biden's fake mandate? That, that is yet to be seen. This is going to be a very interesting exercise in threading the needle at Southwest. But they did back down. Now, the Supreme Court has declined to stop the Maine, uh, the state of Maine vaccine mandate. I think that was for healthcare workers there. I'd have to check that. But there was an emergency appeal that was submitted to the Supreme Court, and SCOTUS has denied getting involved in that at this point. Doesn't mean that something can't be filed later as the deadline actually kicks in. It hasn't kicked in yet. I think it's October twenty eighth. So there there will be other challenges in the future. Uh, But for now, the Supreme Court is not ruling in any way on behalf of humanity. And by the way, I don't have any faith in the Supreme Court. Do you? Do you? after they dismissed the Texas lawsuit surrounding the rigged election, saying that Texas has no standing. (laughs) One of the largest states in the union has some of the largest electoral votes in the union has no standing in a federal election. Really? Yeah. SCOTUS has sold this out. They're just going along with the globalism and the genocide. I don't expect any good decisions from SCOTUS at this point, not on the second amendment, not on the first amendment, nothing not on vaccine mandates, nothing. No, look, the Supreme Court's not going to save us, folks. We're going to have to save ourselves. And that means taking peaceful action, civil disobedience, exactly what the Southwest Airline pilots did. Just keep calling in sick day after day after day. Oh, what's happening? Oh, your flight's getting canceled. That's a funny thing how that happens as we are lounging in the lobbies of hotels, calling in sick. Huh. Funny how that works. So America is nine meals from anarchy. And as this is happening, you notice the shelves are going bare. The new hashtag is bare shelves, Biden. Bear shelves, Biden. Of course, the number one hashtag is let's go, Brandon. But I think the second most popular hashtag is bare shelves, Biden, because people are going to the grocery store right now. Even liberals who voted for Biden and they're freaking out. Like, What's going on? How is it that Trump could have, you know, abundant grocery store shelves and affordable gasoline and prices were better across the board. But under Biden, the shelves are empty. Hmm. Getting a little taste of socialism there. You know what I call Venezuela light. Remember that? So in the news from Breitbart.com, Albertsons set to raise prices as food inflation hurts America's families. Uh, Albertsons is, of course, a a major supermarket chain. They told analysts on Monday the grocer expects to raise prices on food items. Uh, Let's see. Wall Street Journal reported that Chief Executive Officer Vivek Sankaran said, quote, on any given day, something is out of stock. Oh, yeah, we know that. Other supermarket chains are having difficult time stocking shelves, said the Wall Street Journal. Due to problems uh, receiving, unfulf- receiving deliveries from suppliers, the, get this, the lack of supply of food has many grocers, quote, sometimes sending their own trucks to grab goods from manufacturing plants. Whoa. Whoa. So, okay. So grocery stores... You know, normally grocery stores receive shipments from food manufacturers that might be regional, typically, or sometimes local. If they're, you know, Coca-Cola bottling plants or what have you, usually they're regional. For example, the giant Frito Lay truck shows up. You know, with you know, blood clot inducing fried foods, toxic omega six oils. But that's another. That's a different podcast on nutrition. The Frito Lay truck rolls up. And the grocery store normally just has to unload all that stuff, you know, on pallets and then distribute it back onto the shelves. Well, now the Frito-Lay trucks aren't even showing up. I I don't mean Frito-Lay in particular. just using that generically. A lot of food trucks aren't showing up. So the grocery stores are having to send their own transport trucks to the manufacturers to pick up pallets and bring them back to the store to have anything on the shelves. Whoa. We've never seen that before that's getting freaky. Let me tell you something too. health ranger store experience. This just happened yesterday. We are shipping, I think it's like 10 pallets of a, a superfood. uh, It's a grain out of California, Uh, 10 pallets from California to central Texas. The freight rate that we were quoted A week ago was $3,500. That's just the freight for 10 pallets. Okay. So it's about $350 a pallet. And these pallets typically weigh eh, a couple thousand pounds, you know, 2,500 pounds is pretty typical. Sometimes they're 3,000 pounds. When we called back to confirm that, to say, yep, go ahead and and ship it. We're good. We're good with the 3,500. The carrier, said, oh, got news for you. Uh, That rate is no longer $3,500. It just went up. And we're like, really? It went up? to how much? And they said, it's now $5,500 for the same 10 pallets to be shipped. It's $5,500. And you have to call us back within 20 minutes with your answer, because if you don't want it, we got 10 customers in line here who want that spot on that truck. Do you want it or not? And, of course, we said, yes please, pretty, please put the pallets on the truck. Because what are we going to do drive to California with a truck? No, they would stop me at the border with all my guns. For one thing. (laughs) I'm I'm not driving 10 pallets of food unarmed across America these days. That's for dang sure. So I'm not I'm not driving into California. This is what truckers do. They move cargo across America. So of course, we said yes. So if you wonder why prices are going up, <laughs> there's part of the reason right there. I mean, we're paying, what is that, a 50%, more than 50% increase in the cargo, just boom, in, in like five minutes. And then and grocery stores having to send out their own trucks to go get food. And so you start to really realize how widespread this is across America. This is, this is not just happening to us, not just happening to grocery stores, it's happening to restaurants. In a huge way, restaurants are having so much trouble. I I talk to restaurant owners from time to time. They're having so much trouble getting what they want. The orders aren't coming in. And when they do, the prices are through the roof. Ask a restaurant owner about crab meat. If you want to see someone's head explode and like, how much has the crab meat gone up? And oh, you, oh man, let me tell you, you can't even believe. (laughs) And chicken. A lot of the meats, well, all the meats have just gone through the roof, and I don't eat steaks, so I don't really know what steak prices are right now, but I'm sure they're through the roof as well. So everywhere that food is, uh, it's running out. And remember this when we realize the country is nine meals away from anarchy. So here's a WJXT, a Florida-based news station, confirmed the grocery store chains are experiencing. A lack of stocked food. Now, that's a clever way to say it. A lack of stocked food. Notice they're not saying that there are shortages. No, it's not a shortage. No, no it's not empty shelves. It's just a lack of full shelves. Well, we're having a deficiency of fully stocked shelves. You mean your shelves are empty, right? <laughs> so... Here we go. They're talking about fruit snacks are limited at Target stores and protein bars are nearly wiped out. Lunchables are low in stock. Well, that's not the end of the world, is it? Lunchables. Give me a break. Uh, Publix grocery stores are running out of frozen foods. Beef jerky's running low. Well, I guess people will eat less monosodium glutamate and sodium nitrite, which causes cancer. So maybe the beef jerky running out is not such a bad thing. Let's see, uh, President Biden passed a $5 trillion coronavirus stimulus package in March, which flooded the economy with money, but also provided unemployment benefits that has impacted the labor supply. That's Breitbart writing that. So think about this. You've got more money flooding into the hands of consumers, and consumers are consuming like crazy because they're trying to spend the money before the money's worthless. This is, this is the cycle of hyperinflation, by the way that you're observing. You're living through it. But then nobody wants to work because why should you work when you get more free money from the government? And besides, Bitcoin has gone up to $60,000. So those people think they're rich because they haven't sold it yet. So they're like, oh, look at how much money we have. Why should we work? Why should we be producers when we can just, you know, trade Bitcoin on, on our keyboards and that's it. That's our jobs now. So people aren't working in the warehouses or driving the trucks like they used to and so you got all this money, this demand of money chasing a limited supply that's actually shrinking, and the production side is collapsing because of the supply chain collapse. So remember, nine meals away from anarchy, it's coming soon to a neighborhood near you. Now, go out right now and try to change the oil on your car or truck, and you will discover that there's a shortage of oil, and there's a shortage of oil filters. And there's a shortage of engine air filters and other such filtration elements that are used by all the machines that run construction and transportation and so on. So even these long haul trucking rigs that are vastly underappreciated, by the way, those guys work very hard, very long hours away from home, on the road, harassed by highway patrol all the time. They got to log everything. They have to sleep in their trucks. Uh, and then they have meth heads knocking on their truck doors, you know, it's it's not an easy life being a truck driver. And then on top of that, there's a shortage of oil and a shortage of all, all the components that keep trucks running. And by the way, there's a shortage of tire tractors for uh, farming equipment. We talked about that yesterday. Well, guess where that tire shortage is probably going to uh, show its, uh, itself next, and that's going to be in car and truck tires. So I asked you this, what happens to food deliveries in America when the rubber tires run out for the long haul, big rigs? Well, obviously the food supply then collapses and you're, you can start counting down nine meals until anarchy. And you might think, well, no, they could use trains, man. They could just use trains except union Pacific is requiring vaccine mandates for all its workers, and its workers are, uh, I think they're going to strike, or maybe they're already on strike. I'd have to check my notes here. I know John Deere workers are on strike, so there goes the farm equipment for a while. Union Pacific workers, I think I'll cover that later as I get through my notes here. And Boeing workers are, are about to walk out by tens of thousands because of the vaccine mandate. That's December 8th coming up. And so what's going to happen to airplane parts and air cargo supply lines? So you understand what's happening here, folks? They're attacking through, through this embargo and the collapsing supply chain. These globalists, after having unleashed this biological weapon against America, they're attacking trucking, railways, and air transport, and of course, ships and ports. So I ask you, What's left? What mode of transportation exists? What are you going to do? Have a packed mule train? You're going to walk across the desert with saddlebags stuffed with spare parts? You know what? And all the stuff that people need is actually sitting in containers a couple miles offshore from Long Beach and Los Angeles on a couple hundred, you know, container vessels out there that are just parked and they're going to be hanging out there for months, apparently, you know, until the collapse comes, I guess. And then somebody's going to go Mad Max with a bunch of speed boats and go out there and just start, you know, hijacking those, those container ships and rifling through the containers, find out what's in here. What can we sell on eBay? You know, that kind of thing. What can we use as barter? You realize that, America is about to go into a serious underground economy, a barter economy, because the traditional supply lines are collapsing by design. So again, nine meals away from anarchy. When do you think that day is coming? When are the shelves more than 50% empty? When does panic set in, in the minds of typical oblivious American sheeple, who have believed all these lies. Like if you're just a good citizen and you take the vaccine and you do what you're told and you vote for Democrats, then you're going to be taken care of. How quickly is that delusion going to be shattered when they're starving to death? It's going to happen. Boom. Like clockwork. I mean, like lightning, I guess is a better (laughs) metaphor for that. So oil's running out. All right. Here's from the Epoch times, China's power crunch to fuel Christmas price increases of up to 15% in the U.S., economists warns. So more than half of China's provinces have issued local power restrictions, that's rolling blackouts, since September. The resulting widespread power outages and cuts under Beijing's new energy policies will drive a price increase of 10 to 15% in the United States over the Christmas season on retail goods imported from China. Ooh. You know, these days, 10 to 15% doesn't sound that bad. I was talking to a retailer the other day who sells um, hydraulic hose crimping equipment used by, you know, construction companies and such. I've decided that I, this this is my inner prepper coming out again. I've decided that on my ranch, I have enough equipment that uses hydraulic hoses, you know, not just tractors, but other types of equipment and so on that I need to have a machine to make the hoses, you know, a crimping machine. And you need, you need hose fittings and you need hose itself, different diameters and different numbers of layers and things. It it gets complicated, but you need a crimping machine in order to do it. So I was talking to this company that sells the crimping machines and all the parts and uh, talking to a young guy. He said, I got to warn you though. I got to warn you. The crimping machines are six to eight weeks backlogged. If you order today, you're not going to get one for six to eight weeks. And I said, is that all? Man, that's the best news I've heard all day. I was expecting like four to five months. Sign me up six to eight weeks. I might have that machine before Christmas. That's awesome. You see how our expectations have changed? Because a year ago, I would have said six to eight weeks. Are you out of your mind? How come you don't have them in stock? That's the American expectation that there's abundant supply in the pipeline, on the shelves, all the time. That's the expectation that it turns out is delusional because this system is pumped up with artificial money and we've been offshoring money, you know, exporting money to China while China gives us physical goods that have been in this pipeline the entire time. And that, friends, is history. And there's been cheap food because of cheap oil. And also a lot of pesticides sprayed on them, which actually does produce more food, although it's pesticide laden food. So it it creates the appearance of nutrition, but you're actually poisoning yourself with pesticides. But there you go. But all of this now, I mean, let me interrupt myself. You zoom out and take a look at the big picture here. People see what's happening. The supply lines are cratering on purpose and it's going to drive America into a panic. So there's also something called propane Armageddon. That's from Zero Hedge. And you've got an industry analyst from the propane industry said the uh, first quarter of 2022 prices, you know, the futures prices for propane are already above uh, later dated supplies. And it, quote, it may indicate players are preparing for propane market Armageddon. And he warned that some areas of the country might be prone to shortages this winter. So, of course, propane is used by a lot of people to heat their homes and a lot of businesses, you know, commercial heating. And it's used in industrial production as well. And then, of course, we have natural gas shortages across Europe and we have diesel shortages and we have coal shortages on a global scale affecting China and India and the United States. And now there's a propane shortage on top of that basically every form of energy derived from fossil fuels is in short supply because it's in very high demand because all the green energy, new, you know, green, new deal, all that garbage is all collapsing. Not enough wind, not enough solar. It's just not working. It can't meet demand and so on. The world suddenly craves coal once again. So get ready for the propane shortage. Now, the white house, and this is the most infuriating part of today's podcast. The white house has decided that they just want to mock people over all of this. So, you know, the white house is trying to downplay all this. What shortage? What are are you talking about? The shelves aren't bare. (laughs) No, they're just, they're just not fully stocked. So Jen Psaki, it was really one of the most hated bitches in this country. Let's just be honest about it. She was asked by New York Times reporter Michael Shear about the shipping delays for all these consumer products, you know, the dishwashers, furniture, treadmills, and so on. And, and Michael Shear was asking why Biden acted slowly to solve these known problems in the supply chain. And this is re- reported by Breitbart. And then Gensaki just mocked the reporter. Oh, the tragedy of the treadmill that's delayed, she said sarcastically. The tragedy of the treadmill. Yeah, you can't you need your little treadmill on time. You know what this is? Comparing it to history, this is the let them eat cake moment. That's exactly what this is, you know, before the French Revolution, when the people rose up and Chop the heads off of the, the French aristocrats who were being sarcastic about the masses starving to death. And oh, they, what they don't have rice and they don't have bread? So oh, let them eat cake. That's that's where that came from. And that was that's pretty insensitive when your population is starving to death. And right now, Gen Saki perfectly captures that arrogance. That lack of understanding of how difficult it is for typical Americans today to acquire the food they need, not even thinking about stockpiling some extra supplies, but just to get the food and just to be able to afford the food. Not to mention all the consumer products, the, the clothes dryers and washers and dishwashers and toasters and everything else that people need. Or have you ever tried to build a new home? Good luck getting parts for the plumbing and the electrical and all that. It's, it's a nightmare scenario. So, oh, the tragedy of the treadmill that's delayed. Yeah. You know what? I think I speak for all of America, Jen, when I flip you the bird, boom, you can imagine that in your mind. And we say, let's go Brandon. And let's go you too, Jen Saki, by the way, because you are a disgusting uh well i was going to say human being but i'm not sure that she qualifies even in that realm you're you're a disgusting creature of some kind not sure she's fully human although at times she does resemble mark zuckerberg with a red-headed wig oh by the way speaking of other demonically possessed anti-human creatures uh the pope has now reportedly demanded that Silicon Valley censor censor more people in the name of God, that he must censor those promoting conspiracy talk. Oh, oh cons- conspiracies. You know, here's a conspiracy that uh, the Pope is working for Satan. There, that, That's a conspiracy, happens to be a fact, that he's a demon creature, who's been infested with demonic energy from long before he was ever the Pope, he is working for Satan. He's destroying humanity as quickly as he can and destroying what's what remains of the Vatican and and the Catholic church institution, by the way, but there's a demon creature for you. Probably parties with Jen Psaki, you know, they might share some spirit cooking, you know, a little, little side dish desserts of uh, fresh, I don't know, blood or whatever they're into. You know, ritualistic, demonic worship, child sacrifice stuff that these people do. And isn't it amazing how the Pope doesn't speak out against aborted human fetal cells in the vaccines? You know, you'd think if he were really the Pope of, of the real Catholic Church, the Vatican, that's supposed to answer to God. You would think he might say something like, hey, it's wrong to harvest organs from living human babies and then, you know, process those and put them into vaccines and inject them into other babies, because that would be, you know, that would be, that, that would be evil. That would be some kind of, you know, sick, demonic, satanic ritual. But the Pope says instead, oh, take your vaccines, have more injections <laughs> with with dead baby cells in the name of God and then censor the conspiracy theorists. yeah sp- spoken like the, uh, the emperor in, you know, return of the Jedi. And we shall harvest more children in the name of power, raw power, you know, th- that kind of thing. That's, that's really what, the quote Pope is probably into with lightning coming out of his hands and everything. Okay. Moving on to today's rut row uh, topic. Uh, This is reported by Axios Des Moines pharmacy staff shortages lead to long waits and closures. So they've got a, (laughs) they've they've got photos of uh, signs in the window of a pharmacy. This is a Walgreens in Ingersoll. Let's see. October 15th through 17. Here's a here's a sign. Pharmacist not on duty. Prescriptions may not be sold or something. Due to lack of pharmacists at an area level, <laughs> our pharmacy is unfortunately closed for the day. We do apologize for the inconvenience, you drug-addicted fools. No, that I added that part. This may cause the, the close no. Oh, the inconvenience this may cause. The closest open pharmacy is on University Avenue, and it should add "Good luck, Hope you make it and then there's another uh sign in a different window quote due to pharmacist staffing issues in the Des Moines metro area, this locations pharmacy you can tell these people aren't you know English writing geniuses. This location's pharmacy will be closed Saturday. And Sunday, we apologize for any inconvenience. And they misspelled the word inconvenience. By the way, this may cause hyphen management. And by the way, they misspelled management. I'm not even making this up. It's like living in idiocracy. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. It's it's society has the mass dumbing down is here. We are living in some weird twisted combination of idiocracy and I am legend and, you know, probably minority report or something else and running man all at the same time. But seriously, you got to see this photo here. In fact, let me ask my editor to, to throw that here in the video because they can't spell anything. And these are people who run the pharmacies. Makes you wonder how can they count pills into the bottles if they can't even spell the word management. Reminds me of that scene in Idiocracy. Remember when they were at the uh, rehabilitation sports arena and the things were going wrong and the guy wh- whoever was on the the loudspeaker, you know, the PA was trying to inform the audience that we were were experiencing technical difficulties, but they had a really funny phrase for that that was, you know, characteristic of Idiocracy and it was like we are currently experiencing technological faculties or something like that. It was It was really funny. You could tell because the the people are so dumb in that society, they can't even say technical difficulties as their society is collapsing all around them. This is what we're witnessing. Walgreens management can't spell the word management. How are they going to keep giving vaccine injections, number one? And by the way, you've heard the stories about children going into a Walgreens or a CVS and asking for a flu shot. And instead they get a COVID injection. Now, you know how that happens. These pharmacies are run by morons, just incompetent morons. These are like F students. And they're in charge of the drug distribution in America. So how's big pharma going to function, by the way, if the pharmacies can't function? There's a good question for you. How are the the grocery stores going to function if they can't get food? And we've already talked about that. How's anything going to function when the whole society is collapsing into idiocracy right in front of our very eyes? And I say to you that Well, it's not going to function for much longer. We are looking at the total collapse of civilization as we know it. It's as if there was some kind of a cosmic ray. I'm not saying this is literally what happened, but some kind of a cosmic ray that just scrambled everybody's brains if they had taken the vaccines. You know, maybe the vaccine has antennas or something, self-assembling nanoparticle, nanowires, something in the neurology that builds up inside your blood. Again, this is just theoretical. And then there's some kind of, you know, cosmic signal that just fries their brains. And then they can't spell the word management any, any longer. This seems to be, or something like this is happening. So customers in the, this is from Axios customers in the city and nationwide are waiting longer to pick up their prescriptions and sometimes for more than a day. Well, I guess at this point, we should be happy that the writers at Axios can spell the word day. That's impressive. Uh, Local experts say it's a sign of the burnout that pharmacy staff may be feeling. Oh, they're so burned out because counting pills is so difficult. No, I'm not trying to downplay the stress of being a pharmacist, by the way. It's just that, my goodness. It's. They should try working on an oil rig for a day, or being a truck driver. That's way harder than being a pharmacist. Pharmacist job is a pretty cushy job. You just have to memorize a bunch of drugs and side effects and interactions, and count pills and talk to people, talk to drugged up zombies all day. Okay, don't take this one with that one. And you know, and the customer's like, what? Half the time, the people taking the pills are already drugged out zombies anyway. And if you're a pharmacist, you know, there's no way they're going to ever comply with the complexity that's on the side of the label of the bottle. Take two pills one time a day with meals, but not with milk. And then three pills every eight hours, except on Sundays, but not with water or oils. And you're like, what? You think some, you know, 70 year old Alzheimer's patient is going to figure that out. Not going to happen. They just take whatever. Just slam like one of each as every other uh, mix them up by color, some yellow, some green, some pink, pop them in. That's usually what happens by the way, from the story, a Walgreens spokesperson said the company is trying to hire technicians. That's pharmacists, you know, people to fill the prescriptions across the country. They're increasing starting pay to $15 an hour and are offering a $1,250 sign on bonus. Uh, I got news for you. Walgreens. McDonald's is paying $35 an hour in California, or at least one McDonald's is $15 an hour to fill prescriptions. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Uh, You're not even in the ballpark. They need to be paying, you know, $25 an hour just to even get competitive at all at $15 an hour. They're getting people that can't spell the word management. Why should they be surprised? Unbelievable. Okay we got to move on. We've got other horrifying stories here, of course. Uh, Union Pacific says all workers must get jabbed by December 8th. You know, what's interesting about that is that's the same deadline as Boeing. And, of course, Union Pacific is the, the railway company. And then Boeing is the air you know airline manufacturer, airplane, uh, handling a lot of air cargo. So interesting timing that we're going to have a collapsing railway system and a collapsing air cargo system at the same time. So union Pacific railroad has 31,000 employees across 23 States. And they've been told you have to get the shot, even though it's not a real mandate, it's all fake. It's all a bluff. Union Pacific is complying with the executive order requiring employees of federal contractors to be fully vaccinated by December 8th. Okay. So managers are going to receive a vacation incentive. Yeah. Yeah you're going to need it to recover from the blood clots. You notice that? Okay, and then unionized employees will be offered incentive pay. Here, here's an extra 50 bucks. You might need it when you visit the the ER to deal with your blood clots. Oh, but here's a good one for you. Another story out of Gateway Pundit. OSHA changes the employer policies uh, to bury COVID-19 vaccine side effect reporting. We're going to be covering this too at natural news. So you know how OSHA has a rule. You may not know this if you're not an employer, but if you employ people and you require them to do things, and then they get injured by those things, you have to report those injuries to OSHA. For example, if you require employees to drive a forklift as we do, certain employees have to get trained on the forklift and be forklift operators. And if they end up hurting themselves somehow on the forklift, you know, rolling over their foot or something, uh, you got to report that to OSHA. Well, well, OSHA has suspended the reporting requirement for injuries related to mandatory COVID-19 vaccination. And here it is from the OSHA website, quote, OSHA will not enforce 29 CFR 1904's recording requirements to require any employers to record worker side effects from COVID-19 vaccination, at least through May of 2022. Well, this is curious. So if you have a worker who falls and gets hurt, if you have a worker who, whatever, gets burned by, I don't know, cleaning chemicals or anything, maybe you have a welding operation and they're harmed by the welding. You got to report that. But if they get injured by the vaccine, there's no reporting requirement is going to be enforced by OSHA. Why would that be? I thought vaccines were perfectly safe. So safe. No one is ever harmed. No one ever. So then why would you have to bury the reporting requirement of injuries and side effects from employees? Could it be that there's a wave of employees, you know, getting vaccinated right now to try to comply with the, these deadlines that are all coming up. And so they don't want employers reporting any of that stuff. Just like they're trying to cover up the VARES reports as well. They don't want too many side effects and deaths listed in VARES. Oh, hey, before we go on, I I do need to mention today's spot, the real sponsor, not Carl's Jr., but the Satellite Phone Store, and that's the real sponsor. Uh, The website, just to remind you, sat123.com. I don't know how many satellite phones they have remaining. I know they were just about sold out recently, and they're getting the next batch in January, given the ship. Uh, situation and air cargo, who knows? (laughs) These might be the last sat phones they get for a long time. But anyway, the the reason I have a satellite phone is obviously as backup communications device. They've got a really affordable monthly plan. You get a certain number of minutes per month. It rolls over month after month. The phone is free under a 12 month plan for the minutes. And you can use the phone to call other sat phones or landlines or mobile phones. And you can also receive uh, text messages on those phones. Reminds me, I need to be sending out more of those text message alerts. I haven't done that in a couple of days. I'm glad I just reminded myself to do that. But when it all hits the fan, folks, uh, I'm going to be sending out text alerts to the satellite phone users through the Galileo website. It's a funny spelling, so I'm not going to try to spell it for you. But it's not spelled like the, the normal name, Galileo. But uh, I'm able to send out these short text alerts, I think 140 characters or less, and you'll be able to get them on your satellite phones uh, as, as part of this infrastructure that's being set up. I don't have all the details on that yet, but it's, it's very close to being announced. you got to have a sat phone in order to get those messages. So check them out at sat123.com, and we're going to be using this infrastructure to keep everybody alerted based on what's going on. I also wanted to mention our, at the health rangers store, our big black Friday sale event of the year is going to be on 11, 11. I'm going to keep mentioning this until we get to 11, 11. So it's November 11th. And the reason we're doing it then is because we don't have any confidence that the logistics and delivery system will function after Thanksgiving of this year. And I, I, I really think we're looking at a collapse of or at least major outages of FedEx and UPS and the U.S. Postal Service and trucking and and air cargo and everything. I I honestly don't know how it's going to work by the time we get to Christmas. I'm not even sure we're going to be able to ship anything for a few months after, you know, 11-11. I just don't know. We'll do the best we can. But we might be looking at a very dire situation here in terms of what's happening logistically. And that reminds me, you know, nine meals from anarchy. So it it is very important to stock up. Also, don't forget that on brighttown.tv each day, we have amazing hosts with amazing shows, amazing interviews, brighttown.tv streams for free. It's live. And I'm on there every day. Well, every weekday, 2 PM central with a new interview. I'm currently doing these as pre-recorded interviews, but coming soon, I'm going to be doing some live segments, some Q and a segments with you where you'll be able to submit questions in real time at brighton.social. And I'll answer them in real time live on the air on brighton.tv. We're we're putting that together. It's going to happen on Thursdays. All right. Next news item is from agweb.com. That's ag For agriculture, you know, the Farm Journal. The the headline is Agriculture Left High Centered as Supply Chain Problems Expected to Persist Well into 2022. Uh, Equipment manufacturer CNH has announced it's idling production in Europe due to a shortage of semiconductors. Well, where have you heard that before? Fertilizer prices are nearing new highs. Concerns are mounting about whether there's going to be enough fertilizer supply to reach the U.S. in time for planting next spring. See, there's a whole new area of concern that you might not have thought about. You can thank me later for bringing this crisis to your attention on top of the other crises that you're already dealing with. The supply chain issues are becoming one of the biggest concerns for agriculture. And some economists are saying the bottlenecks are reaching a critical point and it could take at least a year to remedy the chaos currently taking hold. Of the global supply chain. So, normally when you read AgWeb, and I've seen this website for many, many years, they don't normally talk about chaos. They don't use terms like chaos or a critical you know, breaking point supply chain or collapse or things like that. But those are the kinds of words that they're using now. See, Southern California ports had 90 container ships in the ports. That's in early October. And in Los Angeles, 500,000 20 foot shipping containers were in waiting mode as the cargo ships waited for ships to unload and for space to open up to anchor at the port. So half a million containers just sitting there while Governor Newsom, you know, wrings his hands like it's so wonderful to shut it all down, you know, taking trucks off the road in the name of saving the planet from climate change. So let's see, the challenge is further fueled by an insufficient number of truck drivers to get the goods out of the port. It, well, it's not just the truck drivers, it's the trucks because of, of Newsom and California laws taking the trucks off the road. So Biden met with the, the port people, you know, and, and said, oh, we're going we're gonna to make them work longer hours. Still not going to solve the problem. But check this out. Uh, economists are apparently mixed on how long it's going to take the supply chain to become to, to get back in the st- uh, standard operating order. So there was a Wall Street Journal survey that asked a group of economists that question. And the survey found that labor shortages and supply constraints are bigger risks to the economy than COVID-19. So the majority of economists surveyed think that the supply chain disruptions will be over by the second quarter of 2022. Well, I should say 30% of them thought that But 10% think it's going to last into 2023 or later. And then the USDA says, oh, it's just going to be a few months, just a few months. But how? How is that possible that it's just a few months? Because nothing is solving these problems because the lockdowns are continuing and the vaccine mandates are continuing. So you see, this is a takedown of America, but it's being disguised as a temporary problem. Well, it's not going to be temporary when people are starving to death and freezing to death because they can't heat their homes and there's no food in the grocery stores. And what difference does it make if the recovery happens by the second quarter of 2022 if we are in anarchy by January 15th? Because, again, nine meals away from anarchy. I don't think that the people in Washington or The economists or even the people of The Wall Street Journal, I don't think they realize how close we are to a systemic collapse from which there will be seemingly no recovery, at least that resembles the world we once knew. You start losing the supply chain of rubber tires and fuel and the power grid starts going down. A lot of this stuff can't be just restarted very simply. There are complexities and and dependencies in the structure of society today, that that are not easy to fix. All right, now then, John Deere, the farm tractor company. I've got some of their equipment myself. They have a worker strike, and then also according to AgWeb, this worker strike has already impacted farmers during harvest. So more than ten thousand John Deere workers have been on strike for five days. So John Deere and the United Auto Workers Union (UAW). They're involved in negotiations, but the strike is impacting farmers from sourcing parts to manufacturing tractors and planters. The strike could sting a supply chain that's already strained. It's the biggest private sector labor strike in more than two years. 10,000 John Deere workers can be seen picketing outside their manufacturing sites. Yeah, there you go. Picketing more, more large crowds of people saying, you know, let's go Brandon, basically, or in this case, they're unhappy with uh, with the John Deere company. But here's a key paragraph I got to read you from this article that really describes the problem because crops just can't be put on pause. And if they sit in the fields, they rot and they're gone. And then you have you know food scarcity. So here, here's the paragraph. The strike issues are twofold. Keeping parts supplied to farmers at harvest while continuing to build new equipment such as planters that are already delayed due to shortage of parts and supplies. You got that? So it's happening inside, you know, the, the theater of scarcity already. The parts Depot in Milan, Iowa is open and operational, they say. And with just over half the U S corn crop harvested as of Sunday, 40% of the soybeans in the country are still sitting in the fields The parts problem may continue to intensify in the coming weeks. So how are you going to harvest the soybeans if you don't have tractors that are working because you're down because of a tractor part? Now, I have a couple of old John Deere tractors, and I can tell you, for lack of a little tiny rubber boot that directs the diesel fuel into the engine, uh, the whole tractor's down, and you can't do anything because it's spraying diesel out the side. And so you got to have extra boots little. I mean, they're just a a dollar part, you know, but if you don't have the part, you're out of luck or, you know, tractors have belts and, and air filters. And just like other vehicles, one little part, you're out of luck. And now moving on to FreightWaves.com. first containers, then dry bulk. Now LNG, that's liquid natural gas. Shipping rates are spiking. Low inventories across the globe translate into ocean shipping windfall. And the quote, an industry analyst, Ben Nolan, he says, quote, I don't remember a time when so many extreme events were happening in shipping. Yeah, none of us do. Because these are end times. Welcome. Welcome to the end times theater. Uh, Container shipping led the charge with rates soaring to stratospheric highs. Then dry bulk shipping rates jumped next to levels not seen in over a decade. Now, liquefied natural gas shipping has joined the party. LNG spot shipping rates surged 40% in one day. That was last Friday on already high levels. Okay, 40% in one day. Remember what I said to you about the shipper out of California that said, hey, you're, you know, your shipping for your 10 pallets just went from 3,500 to 5,500. That's more than 40%, but this is happening to, you know, liquid natural gas shipping. So, let's see. Uh diesel engine LNG carriers were c- currently they're charging $157,000 per day on Monday. That's up 86% week over week. Wow, they get $157,000 a day. That's a, must be a big ship. All right. So, wow. In the coal and LNG sectors, high power consumption in Asia lowered stockpiles, with environmental issues and weather playing key roles in European and Asian shortfalls. In both container shipping and coal shipping, port congestion is constricting vessel capacity. And it just goes on. It, it, it's saying, you know, LNG and dry bulk are simultaneously high due to parallel disruptions in supply and/or demand. It just goes on to describe basically crisis across uh, o- ocean shipping of energy. So whether you're shipping coal, you know, or natural gas or uh, oil or, or whatever, it's all in a crisis right now. And Jen Saki, all she can say is, oh, poor you with your whittle weight, your weight treadmill He's so weight. Just mocking you. Oh, but there's more. There's more. Allow me to play for you this roughly one-minute video uh, that that claims to be a Midwest oil dealer that has been ordered to dump oil on the roads because, well, the government is at war with all of us. So check this out. I don't know exactly the date of when this gentleman received this letter, but he was ordered to dump oil on public roads in order to reduce the oil supply. Now, you've heard about farmers being ordered to destroy crops in the field, right? Well, here's an oil retailer or distributor being ordered to dump oil on public roads. Check this out.
1: this reporting. probably going to get taken down. Well, what you saw right there ought to concern you. I was doing exactly what I was told via a letter I got last night in the mail from the Department of Hydrocarbons. They said in order to stabilize oil prices, they need a bunch of oil just dumped. And not dumped on the market, just dumped on lease roads and field roads and things like that. So I'm hooked up to that oil tank, going straight into my truck to get rid of it. Well, I'm going to get fined if I don't get rid of it, they said. So that prompted me to call District Selectman Tony Deloge and and ask him about this letter. He said he didn't know much about it, but he would (coughs) suggest that I follow whatever it says. So here we go. You know, these are some serious times right now. Since January, oil prices have been through the roof. I'm seeing more and more farmers on TikTok saying that the government's paying them to kill their fields agent orange i saw a guy with a lawnmower mowing down beans getting paid to do it uh they're controlling food now they're going to control energy I, i don't understand why this is going on but i tell you what if they control food and they control energy what freedom do you have left
0: oh by the way i did want to apologize for killing colin powell i'm very sorry that i caused that by not being vaccinated i i heard in the media that colin powell or is it colin powell um, Colin Powell, I guess, that he he died because unvaccinated people refused to be vaccinated. So i just like to offer my apologies for that. I, I do realize that uh, it's all my fault and apparently I have magical powers to reach out to someone I've never met and uh, somehow take their life by not taking spike protein injections myself. I, d- I didn't realize I had that power but that power has now been attributed to me by the media, and and um, I'm just I regret I regret what happened. I did not know that that was going to happen, and now I'm very much afraid that all the other deep staters are also going to be killed by the COVID uh, bioweapon, and it's going to be my fault. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what else to do. I'm just here with my goats, you know, growing my lettuce. My hydroponic lettuce is doing great and uh i didn't know i was killing uh, deep state rhinos i didn't i didn't know i was on a, like a rhino hunting quest here I had no knowledge of that and what's even more mystifying is that apparently colin powell died while i was sleeping unvaccinated so that that's a pretty amazing power you know to be unvaccinated and asleep and still be able to kill people far away <laughs> just wow did you know you have that power? That's that's uh, that's that's astonishing. Oh, by the way, remember when I've talked about prepping, and some people have mocked me for saying things like, uh, "You should buy old John Deere tractors because they're going to be worth a lot of money." <laughs> You've heard me say that, right? And I, I actually do. I, I like to buy John Deere tractors that are built in the 1970s. Well, check this out. Okay. This is from NBC News. Joel Everett was astounded when a lightly used 2009 John Deere tractor sold at his last auction for tens of thousands of dollars more than it had cost fresh off the production line more than a decade ago. Bought new for $109,000. The tractor sold for $143,000 at auction. Uh, I, I state my case right there. And it's not an isolated incident. And he's run Joel's Tractor and Auction since 1992. A lot of farm equipment, he says, particularly used tractors, is selling for 30% to 50% more than it was two years ago. Quote, it's been unreal. (laughs) I wish he had said, no, that's a real quote, but I wish he had said, that's insane. But he actually said, it's been unreal. Our last sale was the biggest dollar sale we ever had, and we're fixing to have another in three to four weeks, that's going to blow that one away. Anytime you hear someone use the word fixin' in a sentence like that, like a verb, we're fixin' to have another one, you know they're really in deep into agriculture. That, that's legitimate. That's a real person. We're fixin' to sell some more tractors. Okay, so the <laughs> some farmers are concerned the shortage could grow worse because of the strike on John Deere and, quote, got us worried for sure. Said uh, Eric Hopkins of Hundley Farms, they've got 20,000 acres of vegetables in central Florida. That's a lot of acreage. Wow. He says, quote, they're already low on inventory and parts right now. A strike is only going to exacerbate things, make it worse. If it lasts for a while, not only will they not have new tractors, but when you have a breakdown and there's no parts, your tractor's just going to sit there, not being able to harvest or plant a crop. Yeah. He didn't use the word fixing, but we get it. So if if you had bought used John Deere tractors that I have been plugging for several years, um, they would now be worth probably 50% more than whatever you paid for. Them. And But you wouldn't want to sell them now because they might become even more valuable. And remember, you can run generators off of them as well with the PTO. I've talked about that, you know, the Winco generators. And you're going to need those generators right now because, of course, the collapsing power grid is not far away in parts of America. Remember how I called the Winco generator company to order a 50 kilowatt PTO generator. That was a couple of weeks ago, I think. And they said, yeah, fine. But the delivery is January of 2022. That's if you ordered it like 10 days ago. If you try to order a generator now, it might be February. If you try to order a generator when the rolling blackouts begin, and who knows when that's going to happen, but let's just say mid-December or maybe early January, you know, it's probably going to be, well, we could get you a generator. We're, we're fixing to have one for you in 2024 if the ports open up, you know. So you see my point in all of this. Society is not that resilient. In fact, this complex society is highly susceptible to systemic collapse. And that's what we're starting to see. There's a certain amount of buffer in the supply chain. There's a certain amount, you know, a certain amount of time that farmers can run their old tractors or they can kind of, you know, rig up with baling wire and a little bit of welding and maybe some duct tape or something. They can kind of make it work for this season. But really, you got to get that part replaced before next season. There's a lot of that that goes on in farming. Trust me, I know. I know a lot of farmers. And they're handy, but they they can't work miracles. You know, they can't just wave magic wands and have new metal parts show up. And every once in a while, you know, you got to have the actual new part. So we may be able to squeak by for a while here, but not much longer. If this supply chain crisis persists throughout much of 2022, this food crisis is going to worsen because the harvest of 2022 will be extremely compromised and we could be looking at full-blown famine next year hey with the lack of deliveries it might happen sooner but it's not looking good folks not looking good this is this is the most important time to be growing your food and saving seeds and you know using the non-circulating hydroponics that I've been talking about I, I am going to film a video on that soon show you what I'm doing. This is a very important time to be stockpiling supplies, everything, not just food, but emergency medical supplies. You know, do you have antiseptics? Do you have uh, what isopropyl alcohol? Do you have hydrogen peroxide? Do you have povidone iodine? You know, do you have bleach? Do you you have all these things? Because you're not going to be able to get many of these things. Do you have uh, non-perishable food items in storage? What happens if the power grid goes down and your freezer stops functioning and your refrigerator stops working? What do you live on? What do you eat? What kind of stored food do you have that's still viable? And then for a lot of that food, you got to boil water somehow, you know? What's your means of boiling water when there's no power grid and there's no propane or natural gas? Do you have a rocket stove? Do you have a source of fuel? Do you have, you know on and on and on it's it's actually a it's a good idea to try all this out right now in case you have gaps in your preparedness plans is something you might still be able to go out and get before the real crisis hits but time is very short at this point and frankly a lot of things you try to buy right now are just gone they're they're just out they're gone uh, our food buckets the the Ranger Buckets, as they're called, we're going to have a few thousand of them in stock on November 11th, and that's it for the year. That's it. And they're going to be sold out in a few hours. We already know. And we're going to be uh, doing our best to ship those out, get get them fulfilled. And by the way, you know, I don't know how, I don't really know how long the Health Ranger store is going to be able to function in this environment. Although it's true that we have, we are expanding, we are building, we're we're actually in the process of the spray foam insulation right now for another, I think, 18,000 square feet. And some people have asked me, well, why are you expanding when you expect this collapse to happen? You know why? Number one, there's no better place to put assets than into infrastructure, in my opinion. Because see, I don't trust Bitcoin. I'm not going to throw a bunch of money at Bitcoin and just hope it goes up to $100,000. Maybe it will, but it could also go to zero. So you know what doesn't go to zero? Concrete, steel buildings, infrastructure, um, pallet racks. And the other thing that I know, well, I suspect, maybe I shouldn't share this, but I will anyway, what the heck? Not everybody's listened this far into the podcast anyway. I think that I think we're going to have secession. I think Texas is going to be its own nation before very long. It might be Texas plus Arkansas, you know, maybe plus Oklahoma or Louisiana together. It might be a, a regional new nation. But I, I think that, believe it or not, I think the Health Ranger store, our infrastructure is going to be a, a critical component of supplying uh, food products and superfoods and supplements to this new nation. I actually see us as playing a very important role in providing food to uh, soldiers that are defending this new nation, to the public, to even to government of, of this new nation. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep the troops fed. You gotta keep, you know, the, the sheriff's deputies fed and so on. And, and frankly, so much food comes from other places in terms of manufacturing and so on. I think that it's important for the health ranger store to have, manufacturing and fulfillment infrastructure here in Texas because I'm dedicated to defending Texas. And I don't think that the United States of America as we know it will last much longer. I think it's going to break apart. In fact, I think that's been the plan. I'm not hoping for it to break apart, by the way. I just think that's been the plan. So, I know, you know, kind of like in the way that that God told Noah to build the ark, And Noah was like, what are you talking about? Why? It's not even raining, you know? And I'm not saying that God spoke to me like he spoke to Noah or that what I'm doing is that important. But I feel like I'm walking the path that I'm supposed to walk. I'm supposed to be sharing information, building infrastructure, uh, building video platforms, building physical infrastructure. We have custom design machines for massive amount of food packing automation Some of those machines are going to arrive probably by January. We're going to be major players in the ability to crank out uh, organic lab tested food products at a scale that I think could play a pivotal role in the future of the rebuilding of America. That's why I'm doing this. That's exactly why I'm doing it. And if we have to shut down for a few months because nothing functions, so be it so be it. Guess what? The building is still there. The concrete is still there. The infrastructure still exists. And then when conditions allow, we will open the doors back up and start running under the new American economy. And maybe at that time, if the swamp has collapsed and the, you know, the federal government is no, no more, then we won't even have to pay taxes you know, to Washington, DC at that time, we'll be working within the state of Texas, the, the well, the Republic of Texas at that time, and we will help grow the Texas economy. See, so there, there's a reason for this, there's a reason for everything I do. And I'm a long term planner. And believe me, you got to be a long term planner to put millions of dollars into the things that I'm putting it into. Some people think you got to be crazy. You just spent $750,000 on concrete. <laughs> like who would do that? Well, someone who's a long-term planner, frankly, who's on a mission to do something that matters. And 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 I am, that's, that's who I really am. And yeah, I didn't plan to spend that much. I mean, all the prices kept going up and the steel building costs so much more than what it should have and so on and so forth. And it's just like pretty soon you're into millions of dollars of this stuff. But that's what it takes to have infrastructure. And it's it's real. It's in the real world. You notice I'm not into a bunch of virtual stuff. You know these NFTs I think they're called, the people selling the digital rights to a, a painting or something, the digital rights to a tweet. I think that's nonsense. That's all going to vanish into nothing. I don't even own any cryptocurrency by the way, even though I support the idea of decentralized currency. I'm not into virtual currencies. I'm into real physical stuff in the real world, because at the end of the day, that's where the rubber meets the road. Like I said, the guy that, you know, the kid with Bitcoin who's starving to death, he will trade his entire Bitcoin wallet for a 30-day supply of food at some point. Just depends on how hungry he is. What's, What's the value of a Bitcoin wallet if you're dead from starvation? Well, it's nothing. It's the people who have the infrastructure that are actually going to be the rebuilders of our society. You know, after the collapse of this current failed system, which is nosediving faster than anything I've ever seen. It's like a a jumbo jet, just full power right into the ground. All by design, of course. So yeah, I don't think the United States of America as we know it exists beyond 2025. You've heard me make that prediction for about three years now. That was even before COVID. I was predicting that. Now I'm, I, maybe I need to update that prediction. Seems like it might happen sooner than that, but we'll just we'll just leave it there at 2025. I don't think we make it through 2025 with the United States of America in its current configuration. I don't think I don't think we make it. And according to some people, we may not make it to Christmas. You know, again, nine meals away from anarchy. That's the question. When do the meals run out? And kind of the final thought here, and I'll wrap this up, is when the meals run out when the food is really gone you do not want to be in a, a public protest crowd because they're going to get targeted with aerosolized you know spike protein sprays probably or marburg drops why do you think that the department of homeland security is practicing the release of bioweapons in the new york city subways and parks that's been going on for a couple of days now it's going to continue through the 29th of this month why do you think they're practicing releasing biological weapons and chemical weapons because they're gonna do that when the crowds rise up to protest the starvation you get it this is folks not rocket science they're getting ready to gas the masses (laughs) i mean the vaccine was just to try to like pick off the easy ones that they could kill quickly. The ones who survive the vaccine, eh, they'll just unleash gas attacks, more bioweapons, marburg, whatever it takes. They've already decided that the public are all expendable that this is a war against humanity obviously. So, they don't care how they kill you. In fact, if you gather together in groups, it makes it easier for the globalists to take you out. They could even stage their own mass shooting and and use it to try to confiscate the guns. That's Probably what they're going to do at some point. Again, it's not difficult to reverse engineer their plans. They basically tell you everything they're going to do. They announce it. Oh, it's a drill. No, you're practicing. Do that. It's not a drill. It's it's a rehearsal. All right. So, be ready. Be ready. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to bring you bad news. I'm trying to bring you real news. Think about all the headlines that we just went through in this podcast today, what does it mean? What picture does it paint for you? And it's very clear picture engineered scarcity, shortages, collapse, followed by panic, uprising, mass protests, followed by mass genocide, democide. This is what every tyrannical Marxist regime ultimately ends up doing is murdering its own citizens. This is not anything different than history. This is just history replayed for our modern times. And of course, just as throughout history, you know, the governments that were about to mass murder their own citizens, like under Mao in China, they didn't announce it. Oh, we're going to kill all of you. We're going to kill 50 million Chinese. They didn't say that. They just went out and did it. So the media is not going to make an announcement. Oh, by the way, you're all going to be cold. You know, no, they're going to tell you everything's fine. They're going to tell you, don't worry. The shortages will be solved in no time. You're in good hands. Trust the government. And then they're going to come murder you. This is how it works. Don't be surprised. There is nothing new under the sun, folks. Nothing new. It's all been done before. And they're doing it all again. If we don't learn from the mistakes of history, then, of course, we're doomed to repeat them. And Most people today are doomed because they're going to repeat the same mistakes of history not you and I, of course, we're going to do something different. We're changing history by refusing to participate in the same pattern. We're changing the future of our world through conscious awakening and a dissent against the insanity and empowering each other with knowledge and know-how and nutrition and all these amazing things. That's what we're really about. You got to understand we're living in a world surrounded by zombies and morons and suicidal lunatics who won't be with us that much longer. They're going to remove themselves from the human gene pool. They're going to depopulate themselves. You do realize that, right? You know, the cities are going to be ghost towns. I'm going to do a separate podcast about all of that. What society is actually going to look like when the mass die off is complete. This is also going to flip the supply chain on its head Things that are in scarce supply will be very, very abundant all of a sudden as the die-off accelerates. For example, used vehicles. It's going to be used vehicles free for the taking. All over the place, abandoned on roads and in driveways and parking lots, you'll be able to have any used vehicle that you can keep running. It will cost you nothing. And a big part of the economy will be scavenging, by the way scavenging and then retailing and, you know, barter of parts and so on. Repair will be a big part of the economy because there won't be a lot of new vehicles showing up There's all kinds of used vehicles. And the name of the game at that time is going to be keeping vehicles running. So it's going to be a big scavenging economy. And this is not difficult stuff to see. I I mean, is it? Am I the only one that sees this? No, I I think it's common sense. Uh, But then again, I've made that assumption before that things should be common sense and people are like 12 steps behind. Like, "Uh, what? Well, okay, just wait and see. That's all I'm saying. Wait and see. It's going to roll out just like this. All right, until it does, you know, I'll bring you another podcast tomorrow. We'll cover the news. We'll see what's happening. We'll cover the, the protests and the uprisings that are taking place, the empty shelves worsening across the country, the media freaking out, you know yeah, we're going to cover the headlines here. I'll bring you the latest news. But the big picture is what I've outlined here today. This big picture is not going to change significantly over the next few months, you know, unless there's some kind of a black swan event, which is possible. But you know, the broad strokes of history unfolding right now are already on the canvas. And it's, it's set. Uh, there's no undoing the things that I've already mentioned here. The, you can't solve the supply line problem. The supply chain in a few months. You know, you can't solve food scarcity in a few months. You can't solve the energy crisis in a few months. No, this, we're going into a dark winter and probably a very difficult couple of years with a mass die off due to the vaccine bioweapons and other factors starvation, lawlessness, chaos, violent crime, suicide, and so on. Massive implosion of mental health. People all across the world, people blowing their brains out because like, I just can't take it anymore. You know, that kind of thing. It's going to be very common. <laughs> Sad to say, that's what we're going to go through. The good news is we can make it through. No, I'm serious. We can make it through. God is on our side. Keep the faith. Read your Bible. Get prepared. And be mentally ready for all of this to happen and be spiritually ready. So you're not shocked by it. You're not psychologically traumatized when this happens. You need to be ready for it. And that's why I talk about it now. All right. I mean, this is what, October 20th? Yeah, 2021. And we we can see what's going to happen over the next few months. It's not that difficult to see. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Get prepared. I appreciate all your support. And I'll be with you again tomorrow with whatever happens over the next 24 hours. Until then, read my website, naturalnews.com. Check out brighttown.tv. Visit our sponsor, sat123.com. What else can you do? Watch the videos on brighttown.com. Upload your own videos. You know, have fun with that one. Like build, build your own food systems and and upload videos. we could use a lot more food videos on brighttown.com. Frankly. I wish more people would upload food, how-to food videos. That would be great. Gardening, seed saving, harvest, food preservation, all that kind of stuff would be awesome. I would personally appreciate that. I think it would make Brighton more of a repository of how-to wisdom for self-reliance and preparedness and food production and so on. So please do that if you get a chance. And I thank you in advance. All right. have a Have a productive day, okay? Talk to you tomorrow. Take care.